This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Hour number two here on a Buffalo game day Monday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you for hour number two. And joining us now to talk more about this heavyweight matchup in week 17 is ESPN NFL Nation beat reporter for the Bengals, Ben Baby, joining us here. And Ben, first, thanks for the time. Second, uh, both of these teams streaking a little bit. Um, I know San Fran's got the longest one at nine, but seven for the Bengals, six for the Bills. It's the classic something's got to give. Um, maybe crawl into the heads of, of the Bengals players if you could. It seems like they are very confident uh, coming into this game, and they're not afraid to share it publicly with reporters like you. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I think saying this is a heavyweight fight is a is a great way uh, to to size up this matchup. It's almost like you got two undefeated fighters. Somebody's always got to go. In this case, that winning streak. Uh, somebody's not carrying that into the postseason. And the Bengals feel like they're going to be the team that carries that in. You know, we spoke to players throughout the week. I asked Joe Burrow if he felt like, you know, the Bengals are beyond a measuring stick game. And he said that they've beaten everybody and played well in the biggest moments. Uh, he, he pointed out that the one team they haven't faced is Buffalo. Thinks they've become AFC contenders and they're excited for this matchup. Joe Mixon, the Bengals running back, however, was more than happy to go out and say, guess what? You know, we feel like we're the top dog of the AFC and, and they feel like, Whatever they got to do, whatever teams want to accomplish, they have to go through Cincinnati. But, you know, I I think that it is a amount of measured confidence. It wasn't really disrespect to Buffalo because everybody in the building knows that Buffalo has what Cincinnati wants. Cincinnati wants that number one seed. They know that they didn't take care of business earlier in the year and they want home field advantage. And they know that in order to get that, they have to beat Buffalo and nobody is sleeping on this Bills team. But the Bengals, they are confident that they can play with anybody in the league and beat anybody in the league. And we'll find out if that's the case in a few hours. All the way through week eight of the regular season, they were four and four. And now they've put together the seven game win streak. What changed for these guys 
when they were four and four or five hundred ball club and now that they're back into contention looking like they did at the end of last season? Well, Steve, I think there's a couple things. First, I think the run game throughout that stretch, really, you started to see a lot of efficiency. You know, Mixon talked about the fact that when they went into shotgun formations and ran the ball a little bit more uh, out of the gun, that has been something that's been effective. I think it even goes back a little further when they decided to maybe go away from a predominantly zone run scheme and into a gap run scheme where the offensive linemen are going downhill, you're, you're simplifying things for the running backs. They're just picking a gap and going. I think that's helped things out. And, you know, we'll see how that run game looks tonight because that run game has struggled the last couple of weeks. Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan said it's been okay. So we'll see, you know, with, especially with what Mixon said leading up to this game, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him and Samaje Ryan to perform. But the other factor in this is number nine and Joe Burrow. I think when you look at the way they played Going back to early in the season, he was coming off that emergency appendectomy that left him hospitalized for a few days. He had to put some weight back on. And as you saw him progress through the season, even though he didn't miss games, as he got into the middle of the year, he started to look more like himself. And, you know, you look at some of the growth in his game. We've got a story up right now on ESPN.com talking about his growth in the checkdowns and how he's been able to take those and really play quicker, play faster. And if teams want to play those two high shells, he's going to take those throws underneath and maybe open some things up later uh, in terms of explosive pays, plays in the passing game. So I think those are two areas to watch as to why they've been so good recently. Flipping it around to the defensive side of the ball for the Bengals, their pass rushers have been a little nicked here. Uh, we know Hendrickson is trying to play through a busted wrist. That's no easy task. Um, first question there is how much, I know it's only been a couple of games, but how much has it impacted his effectiveness, number one? And then number two, if in fact Sam Hubbard can play tonight, we know he's questionable going in with the calf injury, how effective are we expecting him to be? I think Hubbard will be more effective than he was because, you know, this is a, an injury uh, that was affecting him before he ended up, you know, taking himself out and saying something really isn't right. He tried to play through it, just was not really there. So hopefully for him after a week, he feels like he can get back. He told us, you know, it's something he was managing before. And we'll see if that week of rest does help him. Zach Taylor, very coy as he's been throughout this week about who's playing, who's not, which tells you how much he respects Buffalo and what he thinks of this game. They're looking for every competitive advantage they can get. And in terms of Trey Hendrickson, we saw his snap count maybe a little lower than what it normally would have been. He seemed to have come through last week's win over the Patriots okay. And to have him on the field, you know, you look at our met our metrics, the pass rush win rate for Hendrickson among the best in the NFL, one of the best in creating incompletions and really creating pressures. So if he's on the field and they're on the field in tandem, that is a big asset for them, especially when you look at a secondary that has rookie Cam Taylor Britt on the other side of Eli Apple. If the Bengals are able to manufacture pressures and not having to blitz, that is going to be a big asset for defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, who is going to have his hands full with Josh Allen and the, that receiving core. How have they managed to get any pressure on teams? They they don't sack the quarterback very often. What Have they had to send extra people? How is their secondary held up? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think that the, the sack numbers have been a little misleading because the quarterbacks throughout the year have gotten the ball out pretty quickly. We've seen them, uh, quarterbacks affected in the pocket, especially by Hendrickson. And I think Hubbard is having his best year as a pass rusher. You know, we've seen with those guys injured that Anna Rumo has had to scheme things up a little bit differently, maybe blitz a little bit more than he has. And he's been comfortable doing that in previous years, I think the last couple of years, he just hasn't had to because of what Hendrickson has brought to them in free agency, much as what Von Miller brought to the Bills when he was healthy. And is a guy that the Bengals players talked about not having him is a big loss for Buffalo. They know what he brings on that side of the ball. Von was a menace in that Super Bowl and a big reason why the Bengals didn't come home with the Lombardi trophy. So, you know, this game, you know, I'm curious to see how they defend Josh because they haven't been able, they haven't had to do it since they become an AFC contender. Will they continue to drop eight? You know, are they going to have to play a spy? Are they going to play a lot of two high shells? Are they going to maybe play single high and, and maybe dare Josh into some turnover worthy plays, which may be what the Bengals opt to do. I'm very curious to see what this game looks like in the first quarter. And we'll get a sense of what Luana Rumo has up his sleeve. What are we? What have you seen? I guess maybe more than anything else, Ben, in terms of how opposing defenses have tried to slow down. You know the trio of receivers at the top of the depth chart. I know Irwin's kind of flashed here lately, here and there. Two touchdowns last week, and Hayden Hurst is no slouch at tight end. So, what has been the general approach that you've seen from opposing defenses, just to maybe give us a peek at to what as to what the Bills may try to employ here? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, whether or not Jordan Poyer plays is going to be big. He's a guy that uh, Bengals coach Zach Taylor had a ton of respect for. And this receiving core, I asked D. Higgins about it in the week. They've got a lot of respect for this secondary. And, and even though, you know, Trey White has been on the mend as he's been coming back throughout the year, they know that this is one of the best secondaries they're going to face. And I think it's, to be honest, as, as much as Joe Mixon may not think much of the linebackers, we know the linebackers are very good. And I think that this Bill's secondary is better than the Baltimore secondary that the Bengals will face in week 18, potentially for the division title if they can't wrap things up. You know, I wonder if we're not going to see a lot of uh, cloud coverage, a lot of bracketed coverage, some double teams in Jamar Chase's favor. And if I'm the Bills, I basically say, I will let you beat me any other way besides with Jamar Chase going deep. If you want to throw a one-on-one -on -one ball with T. Higgins, we feel like our secondary is good enough. We feel like our linebackers are good enough underneath that we're going to be able to take some things away. If you want to beat us with Tyler Boyd, you want to beat us with the running backs, we can beat us any other way. Just don't beat us with nine going to one deep and getting those explosive plays that will get this crowd really into the game. And so I think this is going to be a very fascinating matchup. And, and Joe Burrow has been more than happy to take the one-on-ones when they've been there. And when they're not, he will take the other, other, uh, other opportunities. We've seen them uh, go to Trent Taylor, go to Trent Irwin, even in unfavorable matchups. It just shows how much confidence Burrow has in this offense. And if they, if teams are going to take certain things away, like Mixon said throughout the week, you got to pick your poison because we feel like we can beat you any sort of way. If the Bengals play their kind of offense, there's nobody that can beat them. And that's why they've been so confident. So certainly it's, earned Joe Burrow a nickname Joe Cool. I mean, we have seen him from afar. He seems totally nonchalant about not only throwing the football away on an, on an early down, but also taking sacks and not worrying about big uh, bad plays that happen to them. He is really nonchalant and is more so than any quarterback I've seen in recent memory, 
sacks don't seem to bother him. What does that do for the rest of the offense? And what does what does the coaching staff say about that? Yeah, you know, Joe's playing in the pocket like he's got a whole whole carton of Marlboro Reds in there with that Joe Cool nickname. You know, he's been really good in the pocket, that pocket presence. You've seen him really grow through that this year. I think his his internal clock in terms of getting the ball out, knowing where the pressures are coming from, you're seeing the offensive line, that cohesion that they've had. Somebody on that offensive line put it to me that the body awareness is something that has been very good for this offensive line, that they have a good sense of where everybody is, where the help needs to come from. The communication has been good. And Burrow back there, I think you've seen that even though the the block win rates haven't really been that great, you know, he's gotten a good feel of where he needs to be, when he needs to scramble, when he needs to throw the ball away. And the coaches think that his growth in specifically in the checkdown game, that's been the area where he's grown the most. Now, the X factor tonight is going to be what it's going to look like without Lyell Collins will be the first game the Bengals will not have their starting right tackle. We expect it to be Isaiah Prince, who has been on the practice squad throughout the year. The Bengals feel like more confident in what Prince brings to the table over Hakeem Adeniji, who has been that sixth offensive lineman, Prince, with extensive uh, experience at right tackle uh, throughout last year's postseason run. So he's somebody they feel good about. Can that communication continue? Will the field be there in the pocket? Definitely something to watch tonight. Yeah, because most people on the outside were saying, oh, it'll be Adeniji because he's on the roster and Prince is not. What What is, I mean, Adeniji, he's a third-year guy. He's made... Looks like 14 starts in his career, none since last season. What do they like about Prince better beyond the experience? Does he have better feet? Is he a better pass pro guy? Like, what's the deal there? I I think that especially when you look at maybe how this matchup might look for them, Prince, he's a a longer guy. He's bigger. I I think the size is going to be big for him. He's gotten more experience playing that throughout the year. and, And the Bengals, you know, they weren't shy about saying that early in the year. Hakeem Adeniji outplayed Isaiah Prince before he ended up going on IR. And so I think what they saw, you know, obviously throughout from the game in, in New England and then what they felt over the last couple of weeks, I, I think they feel confident that Prince, especially in a game like this, somebody who's played that position before extensively, you know, they he, they feel like, you know, with the with what we've seen and what we've heard, that Isaiah will be starting and they feel like he's going to give them the best shot. We'll be curious to see if they end up rotating, if things don't go well wasn't necessarily ruled out. So I think how they uh, approach this is going to be, you know, we'll see how this game plays out in the first quarter. And that'll tell us a lot about how this game's going to go. And you've got to remember, there's a good chance this could be a preview of a playoff matchup we might see in a few weeks. That was the case last year when the Bengals played Kansas City in week 17 and ended up being a rematch in the AFC championship game. And we talked about this being a heavyweight fight. All the best rivalries, you've got to rematch. If the, if the first one's good, you've got to run it back a second time. So if we've got a good game tonight, I don't think anybody's going to be mad about seeing it again in a few weeks. Does uh, The weather does not seem to be a factor. The vibe in Cincinnati has to be absolutely electric. Um, what, what are the fans in Cincinnati, what's the pulse of their fan base coming off a Super Bowl appearance and now plowing through the regular season like they're doing? Let me tell you what, Steve, the, the, the buzz throughout the week, it, I've, I haven't seen anything like this for a regular season game here in, in my four years covering the beat. You can tell this is a big, true primetime matchup that will be on ESPN tonight. When you look at uh, the, how well these two teams are playing and how much buy-in the fan base has right now, 
they believe this is a team that can go all the way after what they saw last year. I mean, heck, I was out running errands just before we went on air, seeing a lot of Bengals gear around town. I've seen Bills fans that have been here throughout the weekend. So, you know, they're going to show out and Bills Mafia uh, likes to bring the energy no matter where they are. So I think this is going to be such a fun game, such a fun atmosphere. Uh, this is going to be uh, can't miss television. I think when you look at the two quarterbacks, the two teams, what we're going to see in prime time, this is going to be a very fun matchup. And and like I said, I think the Bengals fans and the players and, and really everybody around this team, they feel like this is a team that can, can, can make another Super Bowl run. But that Buffalo team, I'll tell you what, they look good. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills pull it out. And I've got them having the edge going into tonight's game. Ben, thanks as always for the time. We appreciate it. Enjoy that game tonight. We'll keep looking for your stuff on ESPN.com. Appreciate it. Thank y'all for having me. Thanks, Ben. All right, that's Ben Baby, the ESPN Nation NFL reporter covering the Bengals. And we we were talking about it, Steve. You know, the uh, it's crazy because you've got the uh, you got the matchup, and it's the only two teams with winning records playing each other this week. It's pretty nuts um, when you consider the fact there was not any other game on the schedule this week that had two teams both with winning records playing one another, except for the Bills and the Bengals here on Monday night. Yeah, it's uh it's a unique it's a unique matchup and we were talking about the history of it. No two teams have had this many wins uh to tie for the record all time on a Monday night game. Uh it has it has to happen late in the season and you have to have two good teams that are scheduled. Yeah, even with the flex scheduling they haven't had a matchup like this. It's it's pretty it's pretty unbelievable. You heard Ben Baby mention Isaiah Prince, the practice squad offensive tackle. The Bills and the Bengals have until 4 p.m. today to make practice squad elevations. The Bills, we anticipate, will be elevating a receiver as they have the last three weeks, presumably Cole Beasley. That would be his third and final elevation permitted without having to put him on waivers if you move him off of the game day roster after the game. John Brown, Cole Beasley each have one more free elevation left at the Bills' disposal, and we'll have to wait and see if Isaiah Prince is, in fact, elevated from Cincinnati's practice squad. If he is, it's probably a strong indication that he'll be in the lineup, as uh, Ben Baby explained to us. Steve, you look at Isaiah Prince, he's 6'7", 300 pounds. How much of that is a direct correlation to the fact that Greg Rousseau's over there, a tall, long player himself? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know that, that. I think it comes down to how the guy plays in their practices and what their other options are. I don't think it has anything to do with a specific player on the defense they happen to be playing this week. This is all about the guy that gives them the best chance to win. Their offense will look better with one guy at right tackle rather than the other. It's either going to be Hakeem Adit. Adigeny, Adenigy, Adenigy, yeah, Akeem Adenigy or Isaiah Prince, and we don't even know if Prince is going to be active. So, I, you may see both these guys even, but it comes down to yeah. who's who they have the most faith in, Brownie. I don't think it has anything to do with Greg Rousseau. These are backups we're talking about. They're they're trying to give themselves the best chance for the guy who's going to know the most and make the fewest mistakes. Yeah, it's crazy to think, Steve, that. Before last week's game, for the Bengals, their starting five played every single game. They did not miss a snap, any of the starting five, until last week when Lyle Collins 
got rolled up by a defensive tackle from the Patriots and his knee got caved in and he tore his ACL and MCL. That's the first absence from the starting offensive line for the Bengals all season. You, you think about what the Bills have had to deal with, shuffling guys in and out seemingly every week for the better part of the last two months. The Bengals have one injury the whole season on their offensive line. That's it's where it crazy. goes, man. You got to you go with what you got, and you're right. It's an in- incredibly for- fortunate, incredibly fortunate that that's happened to them. And now it's it's one guy. So it's not like it has been for the Bills at times where you got two guys down and you're, and you're moving backup tackles into guard and all that stuff that's been going on. And you look around the league, everybody goes through this. Everybody has to shuffle guys around. They got a bad matchup. They got, they're moving a guard. Every team does it, apparently, except the Cincinnati Bengals coming into week 17. They've got one guy they got to replace. That's- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Really, really fortuitous for them and good for them. I mean, that's it's a huge asset and a and a huge bonus. Um, what continuity they must have. I was interested by the comments that he Ben Baby made about the Bengals pass rush. I was surprised to learn that their pass rush win rate is as high as it is. As you pointed out, they don't rank high in sack percentage. They're like 29th or 30th. And I think a lot of people view Hubbard and Hendrickson as, uh, I don't want to be mean here. I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this. They're they're not elite trait athletes at the defensive end position. They have ability. They're, They're effective in what they do. But they're, I guess what you would call motor players. Their motor is always going 150 yeah. miles per hour, and they're going to get production on sheer grit, determination, and effort yeah. more than natural ability and a vast array of pass rush moves that leave people in the dust. Well, um, yeah, they're try hard. Now guys. you take yeah. away the fact that neither of them are 100% healthy. I got to imagine that task becomes even harder for motor players like that. Well, it's certainly, you don't see, certainly. It keeps you from coming into this game as a as a Bills player or a tactician thinking, okay, they're not going to rush the passer at all. 
um, you're going to have to run your offense. Josh is not going to be able to stand back there, you know, flat-footed and throw the football. He's they're going to get some pressure. Um, they're high motor guys. They're a high effort defensive front, and Joe Anarumo knows it. Uh, they use it to their advantage. Even if Hendrickson is not 100% physically, there's nothing wrong with his motor. Same thing with Hubbard. So Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown um, are going to have to be on it because it's not that they're not capable of winning matchups up front. So, yeah, the, the statistics do kind of tell you part of the story. But I don't – and I'll say this. I don't think they're playing teams that deliberately get rid of the ball fast because they're afraid of the pass rush. Okay. But I do think – I mean I, – I, Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what this looks like with the Bills offense on it rather than, you know, the Tampa Bay offense or, you know, who – the last team they played, the Patriots defensive front. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see. You look at the matchups and you wonder, like, who's going to be the mark on the Bengals' defense? Who's going to be the mark on the Bills' defense? Who are they going to try to go after because they feel they have a matchup advantage? And it's hard not to think about the rookie corner, Cameron Taylor Britt, out of Nebraska for the Bengals. He had to step into the starting lineup in week eight because of a season-ending injury to starter Chijobe Awuzie. And, I mean, by all accounts, he hasn't gotten killed, but I have to believe the lack of experience there immediately draws an offensive coordinator's attention. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking last week. I'm, I'm, I don't want to change this. I'm look, I was looking. You got me thinking about last week when they played the Patriots. And the Patriots got a good front. Judon can rush the passer. Um, Uche can rush the passer. They got two sacks on them last week. Uh, and the Patriots have a pretty good defense. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what I think about their defensive front. <laughs> the jury is out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't. Um the Bills haven't missed much of a beat since Vaughn Miller got hurt. And I think yeah. it's getting to the point where now the kind of the luster is, you know, the kind of they are who they are now again. You know what I mean? They don't miss Vaughn because he's not there anymore, right? So they don't, they're not used to having him anymore. So I'm, I'm really curious to see if they can hold up this production long term without Vaughn Miller there. But I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, I, I mean, I, very quietly – uh, A.J. Epines is producing. Um, some of them are late in games when maybe the game's already decided, like the one he got in New England when it was 24 to 10, although it kept New England out of the end zone there at the end again. Uh, but very quietly, you know, the guy has six and a half sacks. Yeah. Rousseau has seven. So, I mean, he's right there with Rousseau and, you know, Miller still has eight and leads the team, even though he hasn't played in a month. But, I think Epinesa has been opportunistic of late, and it's kind of flown under the radar. Uh, yes. I know we're up against the break, but we can talk about that a little bit more and maybe the factor he can play tonight when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio.
All right. Welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And we are going to get to your thoughts on the tweet sheet as we have been asking you today what your keys to a Bills victory might be. And we also want to remind you that coming up in the third hour of the show, we will be joined by former Bills Pro Bowl linebacker Takeo Spikes. How about that? Wow. Little Bengals Bills feel there. Yeah, he's got got the uh, half and half jersey going, does he? Maybe. Oh, I don't, I don't, maybe he does. I guess we'll find out next hour. Yeah, right. If that is, in fact, the case. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty cool. Um, look forward to catching up with Takeo. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, he was always a good dude when he was here. Uh, unfortunately, his career in Buffalo kind of came to an unceremonious end uh, when he tore his Achilles and then was traded the next year to Philadelphia. Pretty mm. amazing, though, isn't it, that that guy played like another four or five years after that? Yeah. Um, it used more to be, as an inside linebacker. I'll tell you right now, back way back in the dark ages, if you blew your knee out, your kind of your career was kind of pretty much over. Then they kind of figured that out, and then. Um, then it was your shoulder. If you blew your shoulder out, you couldn't do it. Now they kind of got the technology caught up with that. And then it was, if you blew your Achilles out, it was a showstopper. You were absolutely done with your athletic career. Well, now, not so much. Guys are coming back from that kind of stuff. Kobe Bryant did it. Playing hoops, for goodness sake. It's amazing how they overcome these injuries that at one point they were thought to be insurmountable and now you got guys like Takeo playing four or five more years after he popped his Achilles it's amazing it's really amazing. yeah I mean by no means was he quite the same player I mean he used to be a, a will linebacker covering all kinds of ground and the reason he was able to stay in the league was because he was playing inside linebacker in a three four you know you don't have to cover as much ground and that worked for him and he was still an effective player but I don't know if there was a more passionate defensive leader that I've been around than that guy. Maybe uh, for you, Daryl Talley comes to mind in that kind of a genre of player. Yeah. But you want to talk about a guy that could get a bunch of defensive players in a froth in a hurry. That guy was as serious as a heart attack yeah, in four games. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, yeah, he was he was a gifted leader and and uh, a great player. Well, it'll be fun to have him on on the show here at the at the top of the hour. Um, that's nice. Hey, um, this was just announced, Brownie, and we're, we want to put our uh, thoughts and prayers out to Murph. Um, the play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills not going to be able to do the game tonight. Uh, yeah. He came down. He's not feeling up to it, so they made the change. You're gonna, you're, they're bringing you in from the bullpen. That's right. You're yeah, I'm do- coming in to do the game tonight with Eric Wood and Sal on the sidelines. So really looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, it's a heck of a game to get to do, so – uh, particularly I am, I on 12 hours, 12 hours notice. Um, yeah, I do feel fortunate that I had this opportunity. So I, I even texted Murph and said, I hope you're feeling better today. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't make the trip yesterday because he was under the weather. And, right. you know, we were checking to see, hey, you know, you got all day to get out here. You think you can get out and he's still not feeling so hot. So right. uh, I told him we'll we'll do our best uh, to do right by him tonight. So, yeah, this is not Eric your, and uh, Sal, this, I'm sure will help me and we'll get it done. But this is not your first foray into play-by-play you've done it a ton right I mean you did it with no the, I do yeah. have yeah I've got a good deal of radio play-by-play experience probably about 18 years worth so, right. so yeah. yeah I'm right. I'm ready I'll be ready to go you're a mere spring chicken with these play-by-play guys yeah 18 years <laughs> that's good though yeah, be we'll, good. and you're right we'll this be is, all right it'll be good yeah this is gonna be yeah try not to yell through the whole thing though I mean I you know 
I'll do my best. Yeah. I get I get a little excited what sometimes else, in a else, game this big. Uh, what else? I'll just put the microphone a foot away from my mouth, right. maybe. What What other swing thoughts can I give you to get in your mind and ruin your night? Um, <laughs> 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 no, it's awesome. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're there to pick up for it. I hope Murph is okay and back in the saddle in short order. But uh, uh, like as you would think, as most people would think, you never really think about it until it happens. And like in hockey, where they pull the guy out of the stands, who's the emergency goalie for both teams. Right. Well, it's not, it's not that bad. It's not like, that bad. Like, but listen, you don't, hockey. don't step off the, don't step off the curb wrong or Sal's going to be in the booth right, doing right. play by play, right? What, uh, what does it say about hockey leagues that that actually has happened more than once? That you, have, you got some Joe in the stands watching the game and the coach turns around and goes, Hey, we got nobody left. You you want to hop into pipes for a second? That's unbelievable that that has actually happened. Dude, uh, yeah. it's And listen, here's the kicker. He could go in for both teams. He could go in for either team. Oh, yeah. it's a, yeah, Flip like, them next period. Think about it. <laughs> if, that, if it's never happened where they got four goalies go down in a game where they didn't have a, a sixth goalie that they needed – but think about it. If if worse comes to worse, he has to play for the other team too. If they go down, mm. that's bro. That right there. That's why there, it's hard not to look at. That's why it's hard not to look at hockey differently. Sometimes you really have to sometimes. And you know the, how the officials <laughs> hockey. I mean, hockey trumpets a lot of things. And I love the sport. And you know, I you know. So I'm, do I. I got season tickets, man. I'm in. Like right. Yeah. But. Okay, we could go down the list. You got officials who have been mic'd up for, you know, the content we do, right? We mic players up. They mic officials up. They're gonna, and the official, they catch the official managing the game. Like he says, well, I wanted to give them a penalty early on so that they, you know, to kind of get in control of the game. Forget about whether it was the right call or not. Yeah. It's about, right? it's about message sending. Yeah. I mean, this it is just absolutely unbelievable. And they... And then in the, even the, the league trumpets it like, listen, if this, this, is, this is overtime. This is third-period hockey in overtime. There will not be any penalties called. Yeah. We're going to swallow our whistle. I mean, like, so, like, so now it's whoever can cheat the best at late in the game? <laughs> why, do you think, why do you think Slapshot is such a funny movie? Oh, it's because the when the ref goes skating up to the Hanson brothers and says he never wants to hear Lady of Spain again, I mean – you laugh because it's funny, but you also laugh because probably something very similar has happened in the real world of hockey. It is great. I, I'll never forget. I've seen I, – I grew up in a state where there wasn't even a hockey rink in the state, right, in Kansas. Then when I got into right. college, the, one of the Edmonton farm teams, Edmonton Oiler, the Edmonton Oiler farm teams, was in Wichita, Kansas, the Wichita Wind. Okay. Right? So I, the first time I see it, I've never been to a hockey game, right? So they just, my brothers are, you know, and uh, full disclosure, you know, I grew up, I'm a redneck, right? So I'm, we're country folk. The guy goes, hey, this is going to be great. We just got a new enforcer from this other hockey team over here, and this guy's a real fight. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, what? What do you mean? What positions he play? I don't know, but he fights. <laughs> okay. And sure enough, the guy comes in on his first shift, and runs the goalie, swipes the goalie. The goalie skates out after him, 
He starts skating backwards, flips his stick upside around so it's like instead of a hockey stick, it's like a hook. And he bangs the guy in the face mask twice with the with the business end of his hockey stick, like 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 cutting with a scythe over the overhead like an axe on the guy's face with the mask on. I I go, yeah, this is a different kind of sport. Yeah. I could not bit. believe it. I could not believe it. And then then I go when I'm in Northwestern University, the first hockey game, the NHL, first NHL game I go to, Red Wings Blackhawks. I didn't know. Mm. Standing room only in the old Chicago Stadium. Got a dirt floor. It's like a barn. Old Chicago yeah. Stadium. Three fights on the ice that night. Yard sales. Equipment all over the ice. And two huge brawls in the stands. Huge brawls. Melees. <laughs> I could not. I was like, goodness gracious. <laughs> Seriously. I, 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 now I've got season tickets. <laughs> so I, there you go. Right? Their marketing plan is spot on. Marketing plan is spot on. Oh, how man. Do we get, how, how do we get, yeah. We're in the weeds, Brownie. I'm uh, sorry. I know. Let's get the show back on the rails, and we'll do the, use the tweet sheet to do that because we've been asking you today, what are the keys to a Bills victory over the Bengals? Vince says, get the lead early and then have long, sustained drives to keep the Bengals' offense on the bench because multiple is possible to exploit their defense. On defense for the Bills, double chase and make Burrow as uncomfortable as possible to force him into bad decisions. Go Bills. All of that's pretty much easier said than done. But what do you think about, because the Bills have employed this to some degree, Steve, the last few weeks. Long, sustained drives, nickel and dime in their way down the field, mixing in more of a run game. Um, they've been able to stay on schedule, but th- this defense is a little bit more formidable than some of the ones they faced Absolutely. recently. Although, you know, they did it to the Patriots as well. Patriots got a really good defense. I, yeah. I, I don't want to be a Pollyanna or have... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Rose-colored glasses, but I am convinced there are times in this season where the Bills' offense didn't look high-flying and high-potent by design. I really believe they were using the clock against their opponent. When they get up, when they get up three scores, like 17 points, and they've been once in a while in the last during this season, in those handful of games over the course of the 16 they've played, 
or this 15 they've played. There have been times when they absolutely, you could, things just changed. They were Dinkin and Duncan just plodding their way down the field, converting third downs, you know, and just squeezing the life out of the game on the clock rather than on the scoreboard. And I don't be, I don't want to say like, wow, they're so good. They're not even trying to score points. They're trying to use – I'm not saying all of that. But, man, oh, man, it sure seems like some games they have so much control over what they're doing that they did play complimentary football like that. Hard for Aaron Rodgers to beat him when he scores a touchdown late to get it to 10 points, you know? Yeah. Uh, it really felt like that on a couple of occasions this season. I don't know if they're – you'd have to be really good to be able to do that to a team like the Bengals. But it's in the tool bag, I think. Right. Do you do you see the Bills doubling Chase um, or bracketing him, some kind of scheme to help over the top, knowing the deep threat that he is? Because you got a guy on the other side who's just as capable in Higgins. I'm just wondering how you square that. Yeah, I think what you do is, as best you can, through film study, preparation, knowledge about their offense, and we just get a feel for what they're doing. When they get into a, a formation with motion shifts and all of that, when they come out and they snap the ball, you try to get a handle on what you, who you think, which guy in which spot is going to be more than likely their number one guy. It doesn't always have to be Chase, and it doesn't always have to be Higgins, but when they get into certain formations and certain shifts, and you think, okay, this is the guy they're going to, whether it's Higgins or Chase, and they could switch those guys in and out of those formations uh-huh. and shifts. That's the guy you try and take away first, whether it's Chase or Higgins. Now, certainly more often than not, it'll probably be Jamar Chase because he's their number one, but there are certain other times when it's going to be Higgins. And I think you look at what the Patriots did to him, and you said it, I think the Patriots do, you know, we know the Patriots do. They're going to take away your number one option every time, every time they think they hand. And, and they, through whatever means they have in New England, to find out who your number one is. And that's why you end up with a guy like Irwin or that kid, uh, Kenny. Uh, their th- oh, you're right. Trenton Irwin. Trenton Irwin. He gets two touchdowns. That's why when the Bills pl- the pl- Bills play up there, all of a sudden Isaiah McKenzie has 12 targets and 11 catches and knocks it out because they take those other guys away in New England. They have do so that's what I think the Bills will try and make, you know, try and make happen in Cincinnati. The others are going to have to beat you rather than Higgins or Burrow or even, you know, Tyler Boyd. And the Bengals defense in turn may doing maybe trying to do the exact same thing to the Bills offense. We got to take a break here. When we come back, more of your thoughts on the tweet sheet. And don't forget, coming up in hour number three, one Takeo Spikes will be joining us here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Back to the tweet sheet we go here on One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And JMAD says we need to not beat ourselves with turnovers and penalties can't have special teams putting us in bad situations like last week. Find a way to get Diggs more involved. We need Knox or one of the wide receivers to step up and keep feeding Cook and Singletary. What about the Diggs issue there, Steve? There's no question over the last six weeks, his targets, his receptions, his yards, and his touchdowns 
have declined precipitously, not at the expense of the team winning or losing games, but he has been noticeably less productive. Yeah, I'm I don't it's hard for me to I think when you when it goes through stretches like this for a wide receiver, I don't think you put it on like he's just not involved in the offense. And I think every game is different. The Chicago game was much different than the Jet game, uh, much different than the New England game, much different than the Miami game. Um, all those games are their own entity. So when you get into a streak where you're not finding digs enough, certainly they can make a concerted effort to get him the ball. But I think they do that when they go into these games. And then they find something else, like in the Chicago game, where they find something else that's going to work. They go with that and don't worry about just getting him involved just to get him involved. So I don't think all these games and the fact that Steph hasn't been getting the ball enough um, is all for the same reason. And I don't think there's a concerted effort not to get him the ball. Um, and certainly there is a concerted effort on the part of defenses to keep him unoccup- or you know uninvolved. So... Yeah, I'm. I don't think there's a simple way to get him involved and make sure he's involved, unless short of just getting throwing it at him no matter what. And maybe they should do that, and maybe they right. do do that a couple of times. But I don't think you can make a blanket statement, even though it's it's run over like the course of three or four or five whatever weeks it's been that he's his numbers have gone down. I don't think there's any one reason for it. I think every game's different. The only thing that's the same is that defenses are trying to defend him first and everybody else after that. Yeah, and it was interesting after last week's game, Josh Allen unsolicited said he has to get 14 the ball more. He did say, within reason, doesn't want to force it because that can be a dangerous line to walk to, as we well know. be interesting to see if they have things schemed up to get Diggs involved early and often. We have to take a break here because when we come back, it is time for us to be joined by one Takeo Spikes, former Bills linebacker, former Cincinnati first-round pick, and Bengals linebacker. He'll give us some interesting perspective on what the Bills can expect in the jungle in prime time. Coming up next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.